time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a Wednesday. It is the big day for voting proper for the presidential elections, but we're live in the studio. Paul has kindly come in for us. How have you been, Paul? I've been good. I've had a good week. You had you any know? interesting dreams or nightmares? Because someone mentioned IU, and I was going to tell the listeners, but I totally forgot. You know when you wake up and it's really vivid, and then an hour later you've forgotten totally? Yeah. And it jogged my memory. It was such a cool... It was scary in a way, because I was like biting someone's cheek off. But it was oh. also really cool that I had celebrities in my dreams. I felt a bit honoured Gong Yu was in there as well. Wow, yeah. that's a good dream. Have you ever had any big celebs in your dreams or nightmares? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah they come on once in a while. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I had I had your friend and my friend, uh-huh. uh, uh, who some of the Arian listeners might know. He's yeah. worked a long time for another station. Steve Hatherley was in my dream. <laughs> what was happening? I'm not sure. We were <laughs> making a movie. Oh, wow. Um, about his life. And for some reason, for some reason, this radio DJ in Korea was mm-hmm. in my dream. And he's a nice fella, yeah. but I, I wasn't expecting him to pop up. I was thinking about him in real life yesterday. Maybe that influence. Maybe I sent you a little telepathic message. Who knows, right? <laughs> uh, today's book. Have you given us any hints in what you've said? Because you said masterpieces. It's not mm, like goat themed or no, anything. No, no, oh, no. Look, that was just for fun. Today's my last day on hashtag Daily K. What? It's the end of check it out. We do have to tell our season. listeners this. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be back next week for the new season with a new series of check it out. That'll but... be the first time you're on in the new season. Exactly. But today's my last day <laughs> for this season, so I wanted to bring you a book. Quite suitable with uh, the theme, and it's called Fired. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brilliant. You're fired from this season, hired for the next. Exactly. It's called Alba Seng Jarugi. It's by Chang Kang Myung, and it's translated by Teresa Kim. Oh. And maybe you can translate the title, because the English title is a little bit different from the Korean title. Yeah, I guess it's talking specifically about firing a part-timer, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so Alba Seng. Mm-hmm. Alba is short for Arbeit, yeah. which is taken from the German, which means work. Exactly. But in Korea, it means a part-time job. Mm-hmm. And Seng is like a, a person who's yeah. doing that job. So an Alba Seng is a part-time worker or a temporary worker. Ah, so there's some extra connotation in the... Korean title there. Yes. Maybe some Obasangs are more easy to fire and dispose of. Uh, Is it about literally firing? It's about someone possibly getting fired. There's an employee who's maybe not as committed as her bosses would like her to be, but be careful. There's always two sides to every story. Oh, that sounds interesting. The author is the first time we're featuring Chang Kang Myung. It is, but he's very popular here in Korea. I'll give you the rundown on him. He was born in Seoul in 1975. He actually studied urban engineering at Yonsei University. Oh, intriguing. And worked at a construction company, Mm -hmm. but then he quit and he became a reporter at the Donga Ilbo, a big newspaper here in Korea. Yeah. And... uh, then he published his first novel in 2011. It won the Hankore Literary Award. And then over the past decade, he's, he's published a number of uh, novels as well as a short story collection. Mm-hmm. He received several big awards. And this is actually the only 
English translation we have oh. of his work. There is a French French translation of his novel because I don't like Korea, which I'm title. really curious about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but he's he's used his experience as a journalist. I think mm. as a reporter, he's interested in society. He's interested in social issues. Nice. So this book is very much socially aware. Okay, translator rundown. We have done Teresa Kim before. It's been a while though. We featured her last year, last spring. Two okay. of her short story translations. Um, and she's a great translator. She was mentored by one of the big Korea translators, uh, Bruce Fulton, who mm-hmm. translates with his partner, Chu Chan Fulton, yep. at the University of British Columbia, got a scholarship from the uh, Korea Literature Translation Institute, came to Seoul to live and work as a translator. She's not done so much translation work because her focus seems to be connected to film, okay. like working with the Korea Film Archive on translations for Korean movies. Mm. Um, so she's an excellent translator. I don't think we'll maybe have many more translations from her, okay. but we appreciate the translations we have. Fantastic. All right, guys, if you're listening for the first time, we read some excerpts. We get really atmospheric with the backing music as well. Where are we going to start with this one? Uh, well, we're starting with the president and uh, one of the senior office members talking about this employee, Hemi, and uh, how they're not really happy with her. Did the girl go somewhere? The president was hovering near the girl's desk, then came and asked a young. It had been a little more than two weeks since the girl had started going to the Oriental Medicine Clinic. She went to the clinic. Do you need something done? I can do it if it's urgent. A strange look came over the president's face and he started to ask questions about the girl. Where was the clinic? When did she start going there? Why? And eventually he asked to see the doctor's note. What? Don't I even have the authority to send a part-time office assistant to the clinic? But the reason behind the president's stern expression was completely different from what Eun-young had assumed. The president took out his cell phone and called the number on the doctor's note. He asked what their opening hours were and when their lunch break was. I was going to say something to her if the clinic stayed open until after she finished work. The president chewed over his words. Eun-young was surprised that he'd check up on something as trivial as this. Does the girl work later on the day she goes to the clinic? To be honest, Amy's working hours are a bit of a problem, but no, I don't make her stay longer. She doesn't have a lot of work to do, so there's no reason to keep her here. It's not like it's a punishment or anything. The work she does. If she did it all at once, couldn't she finish it in four hours or so? True. Then what if we asked her to just work in the mornings and give her 60% of her salary? Wouldn't it be better since we cut down on payroll costs and she'd have more time to look into other things? The civil service exam or something? Uh, sure. Or let's just fire her. Or what about you take over her responsibilities and I'll raise your yearly salary by that much. Uh, does an extra 20 million won sound fair? Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City. 88.1 in Sogipu City. 101.9 in the Daejeong area. It is Arirang Radio's Hashtag Daily K, looking at career and its culture and literature on a Wednesday. Do we? 
with Paul Matthews. I didn't realise. Oh, that's that's quite cool. You should check it out. <laughs> check meaning book in Korean. We just heard Paul Four or Paul Bagan Sachungi with Workaholic. Um, I don't know if that first reading made me think of that. Maybe the president is liking workaholics in his company. Sherry Russell says, maybe this book is like the K-drama My Shy Boss. I'm not familiar with that. Sherry, do tell us the plot and we can maybe confirm or deny. Yeah, I I don't know it either, but it'd be interesting to see if there's any comparisons. A Tropic Girl saying, no way we can take this story at face value. There's something going on here with the president and the girl. Oh, accusations. I hadn't thought of that. That didn't cross my mind. And thinking about your reading again, I don't know, because he seemed to have been weighing up options to keep her there or to fire her. So I'm not going to go with your gut feeling. It's not my gut feeling. Not you. you. It's Tropic Girl's uh, gut feeling. talking to Kay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm right here. (laughs) Stop ignoring me. Sherry Osborne, this for you and not for Paul. So far, this story is making me really appreciate my company and my leadership team who are very flexible and understanding of staff needs. Oh, yes. I, I, yeah, when you read this story mm. and you and you, you compare yourself and your own job to it, you may end up going, "Yay, I'm glad I work where I where I do." Or you may end up going, "Hmm, maybe <laughs> things need to change." Sounds familiar, something like that. Yeah, and I I feel still, even though career has changed a lot, there are. A uh, few barriers, and it can be a bit uncomfortable to ask your boss for certain things. Can I have a raise? For yeah, next season, you should feel more uncomfortable. Like, asking can I have that? some more money, Peter? Because you're the you're King Peter. You're the host. Because it's a new season. I'm, I'm still. I've been here a couple of years now. If can I have more money. Listen. Can I have you, more money, please? If you do Hemi's work, can you pay me more? Do Hemi's work, and I'll give you an extra twenty-one. Okay, <laughs> that's what was offered, wasn't it? <laughs> twenty million. Twenty million. That's not an insignificant sum of money, right? That's what more than fifteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but she doesn't actually get paid that much. Oh, turns out she only gets a total of fifteen million one. Oh. And and so Hemi, it seems like the president is just not happy with currently. Yeah, she's not as good at her job as her bosses would like her to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should be said she's not a permanent employee. She's a temporary worker. Okay. And she doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. So if we start at the beginning, it starts with a business dinner on a Friday night with some buyers from Thailand. Mm-hmm. And the whole of the company is attending apart from Hemi who lives too far away, and so she doesn't go. She gets let off. Yeah, and one of the buyers is like, oh, I I like her. She looks like a K-drama actress I know. I want to talk to her, but she seems really cold. Uh And her direct superior, Eun-young, is like, well, actually, it's not just you. It's hard for all of us to talk to her. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then the buyers go home, but the company keeps drinking, and later on in the night, the president is questioning Eun-young about Mm -hmm. Um, And Hamey turns out she was hired by the previous assistant director, who then quit after going on maternity leave so oh. nobody likes her because okay. she left um and the president's drunk and he's complaining oh she always looks so sullen one engineer butts in and says oh, i've seen her she always just uh, surfs on the internet she doesn't do any work oh and the president drunkenly says oh well then we should we get rid of her she'll fire her just at this like company drinking session exactly and, <laughs> and monday comes around and hey terms up late for work and then, just before lunch, she mm-hmm. asks for a long lunch break so she can go to the doctor. And she needs to get treatment on her leg because she got hit by a motorcycle when she got off the bus a couple of months ago. Oh, dear. Um, and Yin Young's put out. Yeah. She's like, oh, I have to deal with this. I, I don't get to go out. If you go out, I yeah. don't get lunch. Sure. 
And then the president comes and they have that chat, which is where we had that first excerpt. Okay, it does seem like Hemi is not the ideal employee. No, no, she's she's not, and that's for sure. (laughs) And the president is also worried because she's been working there for almost two years. Oh. And if you work at a company for two years, that means you become a permanent employee. Oh, really? And it's much harder to fire a permanent employee than it is a temporary worker. Mm. And he doesn't tell Inyong to fire her outright. Okay. He's like, you know, you know, let's let's think about this. Oh, just like we heard in the first reading. Okay. Yeah. So Eun-young now has this on her shoulders. Mm. She has to make the decision herself and she talks to her husband and she's not sure what to do. Her hubby says, look, get rid of her. Mm. But she feels bad. She worries that, you know, Hemi might be supporting her whole family. Okay. And the next day she has a talk with Hemi and she says, look, you need to be a people person. Mm-hmm. You need to play the game. You yep. need to do better. And Hamy doesn't really understand what she's talking about. And she makes excuses oh. about her behavior. She says, I don't know what to do. You know, you, mm. you give paper. You know, we only have paper cups. But do you expect me to give a paper cup to a visitor? Shouldn't we have proper plates and, and china? Okay. And Eun-young says, OK, well, what about if you only work mornings? Mm. If we cut your salary? Yeah. And Hamy says, but I need the money. Oh, she and doesn't the, want to leave. Yeah, and the final straw comes a little bit later when there's a rally by a partner firm at Yoido Park, and the partner firm expects at least one person from their firm to attend. Mm-hmm. And so the president's like, you know, send send someone. Yeah. And Unyang says to Hemi, you have to go. Mm. And Hemi's like, I don't know where Yoido Park is. <laughs> and everyone knows where Yoido Park is. Of course. And, and if I have to stand all day, then my leg's going to hurt. Okay, maybe making excuses, maybe legitimate. Yeah, but Eun-young's had enough. Mm. And so the next day, she tells her, sorry, kid, we're going to let you go at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. But look, let me take you out for dinner. Interesting. That's where we'll pick up the second reading. I think he's really focused on running everything his own way because he's the first Korean president. I guess being more sociable wasn't the answer. The girl responded. Hamy, do you have any plans after work? If not, then do you want to have dinner with me? I have to go to an academy. Academy? What academy? An English academy. I feel that English is important. The next day, Eun-young and the girl went to a family restaurant for dinner. The girl ordered barbecue ribs. Why do poor girls always ask to go to family restaurants and order the barbecue ribs when you say you'll buy them dinner? Eun-young asked the girl about the English Academy. It's in Chongno. The lectures start at 7pm. In exchange for free tuition, I do things like erasing the blackboards and cleaning up. Oh, so that's why you always left early. I also mark the students' test papers, the vocabulary tests. I like marking because I feel like I'm also studying. If I get on the right subway train at Tungno, I can go all the way to Incheon without having to transfer. And since there are a lot of seats at that hour, I can memorise the words while riding the train. The girl also talked about the other part-time job she'd had. Gas station, restaurant, convenience store, fast food chain, internet cafe, amusement park, serving staff at a hotel. And she was even hired as a fake wedding guest. Wherever I go, it keeps ending badly. So I think that's why I keep my distance and can't let people in. We would also have enjoyed working with you longer, but... I guess her attitude at her other jobs wasn't so great either. But I suppose I should applaud her for not selling herself at bars. That's how companies work. To the person on the receiving end, what an organisation thinks is rational is quite ruthless. I'm in the same position as you. 
I work for them now, but if the company says you're fired, I have to pack up my things. It sounds so real. I can imagine this just happening every day yeah. in Seoul. Someone being let go and whatnot. So she's fired. Hemi is out on her bottom. That's, yeah, that's it. Eunyoung feels bad, mm. but no, she's going to be fired. Okay. And, and Eunyoung, she even prepares a gift for her last day, Aww. like a no, really nice scarf. That's nice. The problem is that when she gives it to her, Hemi's like, oh, I didn't know it was my last day. Okay. You didn't give me an exact date. Oh. You just said the end of the month, and there was no notice of dismissal. <gasps> the thing is, yeah. Amy may not be the best employee, but mm. she knows her rights wow. as a temporary worker. And she also asks about severance pay, which she is also entitled to. Oh, dear. And at this point, Eunyoung is really shocked. Uh-huh. She didn't realise, but she has to obey the law. Uh-huh. And she talks to the president, and they realise they can't give her a notice of dismissal now, because later on, Amy could turn around and say it was wrongful. So they decide, we'll offer you three months' salary to resign. Oh, and Hamie says, Yeah, Hamie says, okay, and then she's gone. <sighs> wow. But two months later, there's an email from her. Mm-hmm. And she says, I got a consultation from an online job site about uh, not being registered for forced social insurance policies, and this is illegal, and I could sue the company, but oh. I just want the money for the insurances you can report. Wow. The thing is, everything she says is correct. She's on point. The company is at fault. And Eunyoung is like, oh, God, do I have to tell the president? Sure, he's going to be mad. And she and her husband talk, and they agree if they can settle an amount of money under 5 million won, then they'll just pay it themselves and the president won't have to know. Oh, dear. They're taking this personally on themselves because they don't want to annoy the boss or maybe get in his bad books. Exactly. That's awful because she's just an employee after all as well, isn't you? Okay, we'll see where this story goes. You took pity on her and went easy on her. You saw her as a victim because she was naive and weak and because she looked poor and stupid so you looked down on her. But that's not the case. You said she'd had a string of temporary jobs. She's learned from experience and knows the tricks of how to fight and survive in that world. If you think of it the other way round, in that world, we are the weaker ones. You and me both, we've never had to scuffle with the owner of a gas station over unpaid wages. Young's anger started to flare. But her husband was also right. She bit down on her lip and called the girl. What did she say? Young smirked. She wants 1.5 million won. The two of them went for a drink that night. Seriously, humans are the scariest. Eunyoung put down her beer glass and sighed. The next day, the girl came to the office, got the money, and even though she'd signed the agreement, didn't leave. Do you think I could get five copies of a certificate of employment? The girl asked. Certificate of employment? Yes, I forgot to ask last time. If the company you're applying to looks at the certificate of employment and contacts me for a reference check, then I'll... No, forget it. There's no need for me to tell you this. There's also a world that only I know and you don't. Eunyoung clamped her mouth shut and printed out five English copies of the certificate of employment. The girl carefully examined the certificate. 
It says that I worked here as a staff assistant. Could you possibly change it to administrator? When I worked here, I was the sole person in charge of general affairs, not an assistant to anyone. Young made the changes that the girl requested. As the girl was leaving the office, Young finally opened her mouth. Was this the plan all along? The girl stopped. It seemed like she was at a loss for words. She just stood there, unable to move. Goodbye, the girl said. Instead of giving a direct answer, the girl stood in front of the elevator after bowing goodbye. I like what you've written in capital letters here. Millennial monsters. I feel a question mark, by the question way, not mark. a statement. Not a statement. Right? No. But I don't know. I feel like I'm from a different generation to you a do. lot of young'uns today. And calling them young'uns really proves that I am from a different generation. But I just don't get this way of thinking. And is this the end of the story? Not quite. It's interesting. There's one last paragraph. Oh, and throughout the whole story, we've had it from Unyong's point of view, okay. pretty much. Yeah. And we've had her thought process. But the final paragraph is from Hamie's point of view. Oh, wow. Interesting. And it's very brief. It's, she's one, she's worried about having got this money in cash. They've not put it into a bank account. Uh-huh. Uh, but she has to hurry to the bank because she's late on her student loan payments. Oh. And her leg is still sore. She used all her severance to get surgery, but it didn't seem to work. Mm. And the elevator door closes... And she's all alone. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's, yeah. That's the end. And and you start to realise she's been painted as almost the villain of this piece. Yeah. But when you look at the company's actions, mm. the company is the one in the wrong. Sure. They're the one who didn't give the notice of dismissal, who didn't give the severance prey, who, who missed out on paying for these insurances. Yeah. And you sort of, you're left thinking, who is the monster here? Mm. Is it the employee who's mucking everything up, who's not doing her job properly, who's always late? Or is it the company who's mistreating and abusing their employees? I think, as is often the case, it's a bit of both, maybe nuanced as well, that you often don't want to see. But, yeah, I think back in the day, maybe I certainly personally would have just taken that all from the company without thinking of even complaining and even if i thought of it i'd probably think no it's not going to work and i don't really feel like i have the right to i wasn't a good employee yeah i think these days people are much more in tune with their rights sticking to the letter of the law and things like this as well yeah well for example one of my first jobs in korea um i i wanted to to finish the contract a couple of weeks early because i had a different job Hmm. and they were they were really nasty about it to me they let me out of it yeah i discovered several days later, that they had actually been in breach of contract the whole time I was working for them. Oh, wow. And uh, they got fined by the government. Oh, amazing. Uh, millions of one. So, so I have personal experience of this, but I know what you mean about standing up for your rights. It's a very scary thing to do. Mm. And I admire Hamie. I don't think she's a nice person particularly no. in this story. <laughs> I don't think she's a good worker. I wouldn't hire her myself. Sure. But she's entitled to this by law. And I think that's that's an issue that Korea is dealing with. And what's interesting, at the very end of the book, mm. there's quite a long author's note uh-huh. where he says, this is my first English translation, and yeah. I want to make sure 
that people not from Korea understand what it's like here. Oh, wow. And what the difference is from being a permanent employee and a temporary worker. There is a lot in the news about that often, isn't there? Yeah. Basically, if you're a permanent employee, it's very difficult to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. You're set till retirement. Sure. And also, you get all the benefits, Mm -hmm. you know, the extra health insurance or whatever it might be. Yeah. If you're a temporary worker or if you're a freelance worker like us... Mm. You've got very little rights. Sure. And uh, you can be used and abused much more easily than a permanent employee. And one side is that. And the other side is, talking about you being an old fella, Mm. the generational divide. Yes. Those who were born in the 60s and 70s, because you were born in 1963. (laughs) I think 54, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Those people, uh, you know, they benefited from career blossoming. Yeah. And also they benefited from getting in at the beginning and getting sure. those permanent positions but millennials those born in the in the late 80s and later they find themselves not having that situation and when we look at unemployment mm. here in korea youth unemployment is a really big deal yeah yes there are minimum wage jobs available mm. but you've got university graduates yeah. who are coming out of university and they want to start a career and they're like I can't get employed. Yeah, if at all, maybe like as a part-time worker at a convenience store or something like that. And I I guess we need people like Hemi so that companies don't abuse their position. Because even if there are laws, if no one's actually standing up for them, the individuals, then they're just going to carry on the way they've always carried on. Exactly. So I I see Hemi, she's a bit of a monster, but (laughs) at the same time, she is a hero because she is standing up for all of us. And, And I love the way that this This book, you start off going, oh, I can't believe this woman. Yeah. And then the more you see how unreasonable the president and Un Young become, mm-hmm. you get more on her side. It's yeah. a really nuanced story. I love it. It's also very short. Okay. It's worth getting your hands on. It's one of these bilingual editions where you have both the Korean and the English. And I think it's, it's a prime example of how you can make social commentary and, and commentary on, on social issues interesting and funny and enjoyable to read sure i i as always i'm very concerned that we go too far one way like whenever there's a big mistake in society that is rectified i fear sometimes the pendulum swings too much the other way i hope we do also understand the older generation and their point of view i know if they're in positions of power that's not so much a concern but maybe the older generation who aren't in those positions but just understanding where they've come from their kind of point of view as well absolutely but i think the main thing in in any society is that if if someone is working and they're being paid Mm. they need to be paid enough to live yes and i think sure. i think that's that's the big thing if you don't believe in that then you're not a proper human being well, i think um, that's a good statement yeah and and it's about companies taking responsibility for these temporary workers and actually treating them as well as they treat their permanent employees yeah and i think if if companies did that things would run a lot smoother absolutely in the uk as well there's been so much controversy about those zero hour contracts oh goodness the yeah rights associated or lack of rights yeah being terrible right uh i love forestville lot buzz comment here where did paul get the inspiration to give him that unusual speech pattern drawn out last syllables i think maybe it's a british thing but i totally cottoned on to the attitude of hair me through that speech pattern yeah it's a bit of a stereotype i think of the of the <laughs> you have a person who speaks a bit like this maybe not so diligent at work and things yeah like that. yeah so I, I just thought because 
because I want to get across how how the author actually makes you really start to sympathize with a person you don't really like at mm-hmm. the start of the story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's where I came up with it. It's just a, a, a British voice that I think for for men or women, that kind of voice where you really just keep an extending that syllable <laughs> because you think you're right, but nobody else is right. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Thank you uh, for your message as well, Hartley. Uh, we've got to pick out a winner for Talk to Me in Korean. Tatamaka! Shruti Singh, send us your email address <laughs> and we will send you the details to claim that three-month membership on the uh, website or via the application. Shruti, one more time, congratulations. And Paul, as ever, thank you so much for your beautiful readings Thank today. you. Thanks as always to the Asia Publishers for their help with the copyright permission for this broadcast. Thanks to Chang Kang Myung for his poetic story gorgeous lovely and Teresa Kim for excellent translation I will be back next season next week with another book bye you can listen to check it out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's hashtag daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST